Welcome everybody back to a brand new episode of Kaiju Conversation. And joining today, me today is my uh, co-host Haxorzilla. How are you doing today? Doing great. Awesome. And I'm very honored to have on the toy slash uh, figure reviewer for Godzilla, Pokemon, and much more. Steven Toy Reviews. How are you doing today, Steven? Hey, I'm doing all right. How are you both doing today? I think that's the one of the important questions to ask here. I'm doing pretty good, especially now that we're recording this episode. This has been a uh, in the long in the making to uh, get you on. I know, but uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Um, does anybody have anything new uh, to their collection or anything like that? Well, um, recently in the mail, I got my. Memorial box, uh, Godzilla Saurus. Awesome. Uh, now, is it a toy or an action figure? Steven, I... did you get anything new, real quick, out of curiosity? Well, I have something on the way from uh, Big Bad Toy Store that's going to be a huge box of just horror and uh, NECA stuff. So hopefully everything shows up in one piece. And then there are maybe a couple of things behind the scenes I can't quite talk about yet. So, hey, good stuff's coming. Awesome. That sounds like you're you're coming in with a lot of new stuff. Um, now, as you can tell, we've been talking about toys and action figures, and we have none other than Steven's Toy Reviews on for this episode. Today, our topic is toys versus action figures. What's the difference? Um, to start us off, uh, Stephen, we're going to have you tell us your side of Okay, so that topic, toy versus action figure, I think it can be viewed in a couple of different ways, and it's especially changed over time for what generations have thought them to be because of marketing and whatnot. But I do think that it ultimately boils down to the square and the rhombus where basically all action figures can be toys, but not all toys can be action figures. And I think it really narrows down to specifically the points of articulation because you could have something that just kind of swings its arms and whatnot, or just is in the shape of something that you like. But if it doesn't have a lot of points of articulation, so this way it can move, or if it doesn't have an action feature in the name, then I think that's kind of where the difference starts, personally. Hmm. That's a very good point. Um, that actually may uh, change my mind on this uh, topic when we're done. Um, Haxor, what, what's your thoughts on such a, uh, topic? Well, um, I think it's, like, well, here, let me think. Uh, well, I think it's things like, say, uh, the Jack's Pacific, uh, figures. Those are more akin to toys, because they don't got that much detail and articulation. And then you have things like the um, SH Monster Arts or NECA, where they like move very fluently and have great detail to the point where they almost look like they came out of the screen that the movie was playing in. Hmm, interesting. Um, I know personally, I believe, because uh, based off of the definition of action figure, which, if I recall, is a 
a, a quote a piece of plastic that is based off of a character that has movements usually in the arms. That's if I recall that is the definition Google gives you for action. And personally, I would consider the Jack specific figures action figures because they are based off of characters. Um and then toys are just like the dinosaurs you would get at a dollar bin at Walmart or Dollar General. Now, I know other people have uh, called what we would call Godzilla action figures or Godzilla toys dolls. So, uh, what's uh, what's your guys' thoughts on calling these dolls? So, I, I think I can uh, lead lead a, a point anyway for a discussion on that. So for doll, I think it's important to look at the historical meaning behind it. And, you know, you stereo stereotypically think of things like Barbie or maybe even GI Joe, the really old ones before, you know, we got the ones that could fit in like the Jeep and the battle command center and things like that. The three and a quarter inch, I think it is size. And those sort of had the very limited posability. They had the oversized head, maybe quote unquote real hair, and they had actual cloth for clothing. And I think to say that things like, oh, you have a dinosaur dolly or whatnot like that, I don't think that's quite the same. And you also kind of have to look at it again from the marketing standpoint, who is the primary demographic? Are you aiming this towards folks who would normally buy dolls? Or are you buying or are you aiming this at someone entirely different? So the old, oh, you were playing with dinosaur dollies. Yeah, you know, okay. That's just a comment somebody's making, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, uh, especially on the part about looking at it historically. What's the difference there? And I know personally, I get a little angry when people call them dolls because. I, I don't consider these dolls. They're like you said, how they're made and all that. They're they're specific group of people uh, they're aiming for, and uh, yeah. But Haxor, what's what's your thoughts on such things as dolls? Well, I only really consider like things that are like plush or humanoid dolls. Like say this, like. Godzilla figure. It's not a doll. It's a like a figure, um, but something like an Ultraman Bandai figure. That's more akin to a doll than anything. Yeah, I I do agree with that there. Um, now I would like to go back to something Stephen said earlier about, um, if I recall, whenever he was talking about toys and action figures, how, uh, I'm trying to remember what you said. Um, well, perfect example, uh, would you consider a Jack-specific Godzilla figurine a toy or an action figure out of curiosity? Yeah, for the difference between, um, Jack-specific and being a toy and being a figure, I, I kind of think that it falls into the category of... Well, to be honest, it kind of does a little bit of both because there are plenty of moving parts for, depending on what you're looking at for the Godzilla stuff, but then at the same time, they are rather affordable for many folks. 
but they don't really seem to have the action figure I guess you could say aura around them. They don't have the overall action figure feel. They do feel, to use the word, uh, affordable. They do feel kind of cheap. And I don't think that's necessarily what a lot of folks attribute to action figures in today's market. I, I think the same thing goes for the uh, Rampage and Kong Skull Island figures. Yeah, I, I can agree with that especially with the Kong Skull Island, uh, the Skullcrawler set. The Skullcrawler itself has one movable joint. That's about it. Um, and I think we can all agree that at least that NECA and SH Monstarts, they're definitely action figures, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, besides that rubber Otachi, I think... Okay. Um. Now, a brand such as Bandai, they're expensive, but they're also kind of they fall under the same category as toys. I feel like. Well, it kind of depends on what era you're talking about, because everything pre 2014, to me, is an action figure, but like everything post 2014 feels kind of like cheap. Okay, uh, Steven, what's your thoughts on the Bandai pre- and post-2014 line? Ooh, which division of Bandai? I'm gonna have to ask there. Uh, um, Japan. Bandai Japan, yes. Okay, so we're, we're talking like the Vinyls, the Bandai Boys Division, the Movie Monster Series, things like that? I'd say the... yeah. Okay. Uh, for that one, I would have to say that we're actually getting pretty close to the typical toy in that sense because if you have an action figure there is again the assumption that it can kind of move in multiple spots and there the fact that it can move isn't necessarily intended so much as it is they used multiple parts and they had to put them together and so the articulation is an afterthought and not solely the intention when they were making it. So I do think that that does play a role in it as well. I, yes, I agree with that, definitely. Now, um, we were, you especially, Stephen, were talking about uh, earlier how it depends on where it's or kind of what kind of group of people they're looking for uh such as uh let's say i think well uh the band eyes like we were talking about do you believe that the more high-end band eye stuff is aimed specifically for adults or do you think it's also angled for children same goes for neck are they kind of more of a uh adult action figure or are they kind of aimed for the kid side people i think that's a pretty good point to bring up but one thing that i think is to be kind of kept in mind is who is making it so you have you do have bandai even if you have something that's larger what a lot of folks don't really realize and i'm hoping to maybe tackle this topic in something much bigger coming up soon is that the vinyls the vinyl figures have been coming out of what is known as bandai's boys division aiming at children 
And NECA is short for National Entertainment Collectibles Association. So inherently, they want to make things that aren't necessarily going to be well, attainable by those who have a limited budget and they are younger. So that by default means they're aiming towards teenagers, late teens, adults. So I think that in and of itself kind of separates who they're marketing towards. Now, obviously, you can cross streams, so to speak. If you're, you know, maybe you're 12, 13 years old, you can absolutely save up. So this way you can buy the $200 SH Monster Arts figure or the $50 Deluxe Armored Assassin Predator. That's fine. And of course, if you're an adult, you can obviously afford some of the stuff coming out of the Bandai's Boys Division. So I, I think there in and of itself, it gives you your answer, but you can obviously flip-flop. Yes, yes, I, I really agree with that statement. Um, now, while we're on the topic of expensive and non-expensive affordable stuff, uh, just out of curiosity, what is your thoughts on such figures uh, as the Jit Jaguar Bandai Japan, other Bandai figures that were at one point very cheap, now costing from $50 all the way to $600? Do you, what's your thoughts on the pricing prices going up for essentially what was aimed for kids toys uh like do you think that's right or just your overall thoughts on Haxor do you have anything I'm good I'm good too That's that's kind of similar to trend trend masters. Right, yeah. right. And so I don't necessarily think that in 10, 20, 50 years from now it sort of transforms. I don't think it changes. Mm -hmm. So to say that because the aftermarket said there are people who are in there are people who want this so it's in demand that it changes from something like a toy over to a high-end collectible. I don't necessarily think that that is the case. Yes, I I do agree with that also. Um it's it's kind of now this isn't toys or action figures, but such as um DVDs. Uh, I know personally, such as the TriStar 2004 Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 1974 DVD release, that's went from what was once 10 to $20 to now it's at least 80 to up to, I've seen, $400. And uh, I do feel like it does kind of fall under collectible 
area, but I still, like you said, it was made for the intended purpose of what it was, the cost to make. So I do feel like overall it is still just a super expensive. Um, Haxor, uh, what what's your thoughts on figures going up in prices, such as Trendmaster or stuff like that? Well, it's certainly not easier on my wallet. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I did, um, my, uh, because, like, things like the, 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 oh, I'm stuttering. The, the Gareth figure and, uh, Kamakaris, those go for, like, a lot nowadays. Because I saw this uh, Kamakris on eBay that's uh, going for 104 Mm-hmm, yeah. And it just seems like things like that shouldn't go for that much. I I do agree with that. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, I was also curious. What's specifically, Stephen, but are you a person that is all for variants with just slight color changes or do you feel like that's kind of more of a money grab cash grab than anything or what's your general thoughts on variants that are almost unneeded such as like the fusion series bandai creations like the burning so for things like repaints for things that are interesting to some, maybe not to others, I, I want to keep it that way just in case someone's like, hey, I like that. <laughs> um, I think there's a place for them, but at the same time, I really, really do feel like uh, people need to be mindful that at the end of the day, yeah, we may like NECA, yeah, we may like Tomashi Nations, we may like Lenard, whatever, they're companies. And if they can figure out a way to use the resources that they have to release something on the market at a good price, they're going to go ahead and do it. So are they needed? Yes, because, hey, that glitter recast of Burning Godzilla that I don't like, somebody else might like, but that will put money into the coffer so this way they can make something else. So even if I don't like it, it's still okay. I, I agree with that. Um, Haxor, what's your thoughts on variant? Well, I think, like, what I think, if it's something like a re repaint uh, for, like, a, like, say, the Bandai 2019 Godzilla got a repaint as uh, Burning Godzilla, that's, that's good. And same thing goes for, like, if Gamora got, like, a repaint for, like, his re Rayonix form, and stuff like that, I think is good. But then when, like, things like the SH Monster Arts King Ghidorah is getting, like, repaints to make it, like, more bright, I think that's kind of useless. I can see where you're coming from. But it um... does give people a chance to um, get it again, instead of having to suffer the aftermar uh, aftermarket prices. And also, I'm pretty sure they do fix things on figures. Sometimes, because I'm pretty sure the special color variant of King Ghidorah got his wings fixed. Hmm. Yeah, I can, I, I believe he did too. Um, now, since we did kind of touch on this a little earlier, we're kind of getting off of toys versus action. But, uh, Steven, I'm going to ask you first, what's, 
what's your thoughts on how Bandai has, uh, in other words, plummeted in their quality recently? Quality, I think, is something that changes with the market, and it also changes with the consumer. You, me, and everyone in between. So if they can release something, I'm specifically talking about Ultra 500 stuff and Ultra Kaiju DX figures that are literally painted only from what you can see from the front and nothing behind it, nothing on the back. If people are okay with it and they buy it, guess what? People are fine with it. That means they can do it. That's their seal of approval. So is it okay? Eh, no, not exactly, but the company is getting the thumbs up from the market saying, this is fine to do. Yeah, and I know I'm a person that I, I buy anything I can get my hands on, especially in the area I'm in. Action figures and stuff aren't very well found. You usually have to go online. So anytime I can get my hands on an action figure or DVD somewhere that is physical, I, I'll buy it. Um, now, Hacksaw, it sounded like you had something to say. What's, what's your thought? Well, looking at my, uh, the new release of the movie Monster Series Destroya, and then looking at the, the Bandai Final Wars Godzilla, it just kind of disappoints me how we've plummeted into, like, what it is now. Because of how well, I, much detail they used to have, and then now just, just kind of like paint. Yes, uh, I do have to admit, though, that is an easier way, because like Stephen brought up, the market is changing, and I feel like now companies are starting to look for more of the... What is the cheaper way we can do this, and the less... like Well, cheaper. What's the cheapest way we can do this while still having consumers purchase our items and still make profit. So I do admit it is sad, especially since not very long ago, Bandai was still pretty good. And now it's kind of like, uh, it's plummeting, like I've said. But here um, and there, there are a few good releases. I, I can agree with that. Um, like, look, I like the... Uh, from what I've seen of the Bandai Rodan, it looks pretty nice. Mm -hmm. Other than um, the pose it's in. Yeah. Um, now, to also bring up, what is the difference between a statue and a figure? I well, know one moves and one doesn't. Yeah, I was going to say, generally it's one moves and one doesn't. But what if you have a figure like the 2004 Gigan X Plus with the chainsaws, that does have limited motion. Is it still a figure, or is it a statue? Um, Stephen, we'll start off with you, because you are very knowledgeable. Okay, so, what might be the difference between a statue and a figure, correct? That's what we're specifically hammering in on, so this way I don't go on a, on a little bit of a tangent here. <laughs> Well, that's perfectly fine if you do. It's always good to have a little tangent. Okay, so here's what I would have to say about that. Um, if you have a statue, 
I'm being very technical here today, but that's okay because I think it's I think it's important to know what words mean. Uh, statue, if you look at it, uh, it's something that essentially doesn't move. Okay, so it could be made out of resin. It could be made out of marble. If you really wanted to try, you can make it out of ice or maybe even ramen noodles. Okay, whatever it is. A statue <laughs> is going to look like something else we are familiar with, but at the same time, um, it's not going to move. Whereas a toy a action figure, we know it's going to move, right? Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, now there's an asterisk there. Okay, there is this term that's been used by Good Smile Company. There's this term that's been used by Bandai in some situations. I'm talking about Tamashi Nations, fixed figure, which just means statue. <laughs> I actually did not know that. So that I'm learning a lot here today about what's the difference really and uh I, I can agree with that. Now, thinking about it, you are absolutely right about the definitions of statue and all that. Um, Haxor, do you want to add on anything to that? Well, what I say is, if the arms and legs move, then it's a figure. Um, now, were you about to say something? One thing else, if I could just add on to that real quick. Um, something that a lot of folks that I see use is they will refer to X plus, which for those of you who are not familiar with what I'm referring to, um, X plus usually makes vinyl statues out of Godzilla, Ultraman, Dragon Ball, even a couple of risque animes. Um, they make vinyl representations of these characters. And a lot of people say figures for some reason even though I know that by definition they would be statues, it, it, there doesn't seem to be a disconnect by just simply calling them figures. So I, I, I don't know. It's going to be a personal preference thing, but I think at the definition level, you know, there's, they would be statues. Okay. Um, would we all agree that the very safe at home term for basically all of this would be figures? I could safely, absolutely, because, you know, figure, it's a figure of something, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Haxor, would you, do you agree with that? That is general, the, I guess, universal term for everything we've discussed so far? Yeah. Okay, um, anyway, to uh, continue on, uh, let's generally talk about such as uh we were earlier talking about but um well such as the NECA and Jack specific figure um if i recall Jack specific Rodan was $15 uh am i correct there $15 MSRP if you want to get technical 14.99 plus tax and or shipping and handling if you're buying it online <laughs> yes um and then you have such figures such as uh, NECA's, which I imagine will be about the $27 range. Am I right there? A pre-order I have is for $23.99. So okay, so that, it'll that's probably a bit better. <laughs> cost about, yeah. It, it, 
I imagine at retail price it'll be twenty five ninety nine or maybe twenty four. Um, what is your thoughts on such as we talked earlier, the cheaper, more uh, affordable, Jack specific figures being half the price of NECA's, but still pretty expensive for what turns out to just a large plastic with a little bit of art. Mm. Mm. Like, I'm trying to think of how to word that. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I think about that kind of concept every day when I look over at some of my shelves. And I have a Pokemon shelf where I'm going to have two different kinds of Bulbasaur. Okay, everyone knows Bulbasaur. Everyone loves Bulbasaur. I have one that was made back in the late 90s that's on the shelf that amounts to about five bucks. And then I have another Bulbasaur that is double the cost, and it was packed with a Pikachu. And I just think, wow, prices change for small things. So when we take a look at something like NECA that has just a couple of other points of articulation and comes with some other accessories that are in a way comparable comparable to what the Jack Specific came with, I still have to think, where's the money going? You know what I mean? Because the Jack yeah. Specific looks really good, and I'm sure that they had fantastic reference material. Well, so did NECA. And yeah, NECA is going to have probably better quality plastic and joints of articulation that are not going to allow the wings just to flap forward all the time. But it kind of sometimes makes you think, where's the money going? Yes. I, I, I agree with that. I like how we're talking about it right now. I'm looking up at my shelving and I'm thinking same thing and uh um now uh at G-Fest this last year uh I think I should bring this up because this is a big thing for all collectors actually and I'm gonna have an aneurysm and statues yeah um <laughs> boxes <laughs> uh do we keep the boxes or do we throw them away I just threw them in my closet. That's what a lot of people said. But Stephen, you have a lot. What do you do with the box? When I figure something out, I will let you know. <laughs> no, um, all, all kidding aside, um, what I do is uh, for a closet that I have, I have boxes literally inside of boxes. So like... You know, the boxes you can get at Home Depot or Walmart. Yes, Boxception. And I just fit as much of them as I can into one of those large boxes, and I just fit them in there as well as I can. Now, for anyone who's storing stuff, here's a tip. The large boxes for, like, let's say the SH Monster Arts Biolante or Mecha King Ghidorah, don't store them in boxes. Put them out side like in their own boxes or, or whatnot like don't store them in something because they'll take up more room in those boxes for the smaller figures so if you got like 
the Monster Arts Destroy Evolution set or Godzilla Jr. and Burning Godzilla and this, that, and the other, those will all fit better if you take the big ones out. Mm -hmm. I know personally, I don't, I, I confessions time really this is uh I don't keep much boxes I keep the ones that look cool and then the ones that I don't care for such as some of the bandai's I don't cuz I need space for others now at G Fest I know that a lot of people determine that such as X X pluses the only thing that they make artwork out of is that flap so a lot of people sure. were saying to cut the front flap off and then just that throw the box away. Do you guys think that is a way to go or do you kind of are you disgusted by the thought of cutting your X plus box and throwing it all away? Well, I've never owned an X plus before, but I just keep the boxes like in case if I have to move or something. Okay. Uh, but something uh, that's not smart of me is that I don't keep the little plastic that keep the figure secure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is something that I've always thought about because X Plus figures, they're pretty big. So when you go to move, even if you just throw the plastic out and you collapse the boxes, that's going to be pretty difficult to move everything because you have things with the very spiky dorsal plates. You have uh, the King Ghidorahs with with the necks and the wings and, and all that fun stuff. You can imagine where, where I'm going with this. But how do you transport them safely? Uh, because I have uh, the Monster Arts Biolante, and for whatever reason, she won't go back in her box for me. So when I moved a couple years ago, she couldn't go in a box. So I had to put her in the passenger seat. I'm not saying whether or not I put the seatbelt on and I had to make sure <laughs> that if whenever I hit the brakes that it didn't slide off of the seat so so I think that's a bigger question for anyone who's listening who does collect X plus um, that collapse the box throws them out throws away the plastic whatever it may be how do you safely transport a large collection uh, to another city to another state without breaking anything I'd hate seeing someone like fresh vinyl reviews moving <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> now that you say that, I think, oh boy, what am I'm I definitely... going to do? <laughs> I'm definitely keeping my King Ghidorah box once I get it. So, basically, if you're like me and you don't have all the boxes, here's what you do. You go buy 200 feet of bubble wrap, and you individually wrap every figure with five layers, and then you find a way to store them in boxes, and then you can transport them. <laughs> um, yeah what i what i actually do is for all my bandai vinyls um and for some things like the kong skull island stuff that came out a couple years back i, I didn't keep the boxes for those you, you know i yeah. actually do the same thing wrap them up in bubble wrap and i got a couple of big totes from walmart and i just throw them in there close the lid and they're actually in a storage unit right now and i'm kind of hoping nothing's warped or broken but you know what hey they're they're okay at least i tell yeah. myself that I don't think I'd be able to cope with putting any of my figures in a storage unit. Yeah, I I know personally, uh, I usually, I have all my figures stored in a specific room, and then uh, I bought too, I've bought way too much. 
I have way too much, but uh, I then Same. had to transport about a two-thirds of it to a different room, and now that's starting to fill up. But I do know for a fact that if I were to ever move all of that, I would probably have to ask uh, people that I don't know at the moment for uh, a long truck, a big bed, and uh, storage. Yeah, I only got like 30 or so figures in my collection. Uh, Stephen, if you don't mind me asking, how many figures would you estimate you have? Oh. Just go watch all those reviews. Um, I'm thinking here. Let's let's take a guess. What well, I'm trying to count right now. Um, guess just guess how many that I have. One thousand thirty-eight. I was gonna say fifty fifteen hundred. How does one count that fast? <laughs> um, I have over 100 currently on display in some fashion oh in my, my two Detolf cabinets. And that is including like small single carded World of Nintendo Metroid releases. So let, let's make that clear. We're not talking like 100 SH Monster Arts Godzilla tier, but you know. Overall, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know quite how many, but 100 between two Detolf cabinets. So wow. you can kind of, you can kind of figure out. <laughs> <laughs> um. Now, just. Because you are our special guest on today. Um, how does one review a toy or a figure and really give it a well review? Oh, I, I think this question is being asked to somebody who's a little different uh, when it comes to reviewing. And do, would you like the long answer or would you like, well, the long-ish or the short answer to that question? We've got plenty of time. You want to do the long answer? That is great with me. Okay. So for me, and I'm, I'm plan a, planning on actually going super in-depth with this, I have a background reviewing literature and research. So it's not just like, okay, let's read like a Mother Goose book. It's like, oh, okay, so this is the theory on how two different cultures can communicate effectively and here's how you implement a, a research plan on that and i'm i'm sitting there at 3 a.m like okay i have to write a paper as to why this research that was conducted on this theory is bad okay so that's where my training is so whenever i look at a figure and i'm making a video on it to make sure that people are spending their money in the best way that making sure they're getting the most bang for their buck that's the attitude that I take. So let's take apart 
how the figure looks. Does the figure move? Does it have any loose joints if it does move? Does it have any accessories? Are the accessories okay? Are they good? Where are where do they fall on the spectrum? How big is it? How small is it? How much does it cost? Things like that. And I really try to break it down for folks in sections so this way they can look at it and go, you know, I think it looks okay, but how well does it move? I want to know more about the accessories. And that I feel really helps people when they're viewing one of my videos to really help them find what they need to know. And then I recap it all at the end as sort of one summary. Is it good? Is it bad? Or, eh, you know, maybe I gotcha. it's okay. And I, I, that's really how you should do a review. I, that, that made a lot of sense. I know to me, but, uh, I, and I do feel like, especially toy and figure reviews, a lot of people, I feel like, take those really into consideration. They get to see firsthand, hey, this is what the figure looks like. Here's its positives, its negatives. And I do feel like that is necessary for people like uh, Haxor to kind of understand what they're going to spend their money on. Because we all know that the only reason that these are made is for consumers to purchase them whether it's to display them, sell them again, uh, give them away, all that stuff, using short films, that's what they need mm. to know. And I do feel like Bandai's may not be the greatest to put in a film. Sometimes it's all you got. But having those right. reviews, maybe... Did you, did you have something to say, you know, I, I kind of want to touch on something that you had said and that, you know, reviews should be for helping people out. And I think before I came on, and again, I, I this is going to be a topic for me in the future, um, there were really three main kinds of reviews that are out there. And then there's, there's the fourth, which I hope that I fall under, and that's actually reviewing the dang thing. There's the hype man who wants to hype up everything and get everyone to buy, buy, buy. There's the person who has a personal agenda who's going to hop on a platform and in a review about a monster arts figure that they're kind of okay with. They are, instead of reviewing the figure, going to make a 25-minute rant video about the fan base. And then you have the other person who says, okay, here's a review about it, but never puts the figure in focus, keeps it like three feet away from the lens of the camera. It's in potato quality and you don't actually get to see anything aside from what the person is saying. You only get to hear their voice. So it's not really a review. It's just kind of like a narration with some grainy film. And that was the case a couple years ago and it's still the case today. And I know that that can kind of be assuming it's like, well, if that's all they have, but you have folks who aren't really focusing in on showing you what they're talking about. That's the point. Even if you only have a potato, put the figure up to the camera. And I really think that in that, they don't really help people. It's just there. So for reviewing, that's kind of where I want to stress, you know, let's get, you know, actual reviews out there. So this way, you know what you're buying. <laughs> if, I hope that makes sense. Yes. Um, it, it does. I uh, have a quick question to ask. Um, how does one like keep track of their accessories? 
Good question. Yeah, that is a really great question. Um, I actually have a couple of different methods that I use myself. I have two different bins. One is for general effect parts like the Tamashi effect, burning flame, lightning, impact. And then I have another bin for my support stands. So stuff that are going to be like Tamashi Stage Act 4 or the NECA flight stands or whatever it may be. I So this way I can just reach in one and I just go, bam, here's a picture. Bam, here's a stand. Bam, bam, bam. Then, you know, I'm like, I'm going to over here. Um, then what I also do is I keep specific accessories in the box so if there's going to be a smaller accessory like a dragon ball or if there's going to be something like a very specific effect part that can only go for that character i'll keep it in the box or otherwise i may just have it on display yeah um I uh, have the uh, 99 uh, camera and I just keep his um, uh, accessories in uh, these Dairy Queen Jurassic World cups sitting on the top of my shelf. I mean, if it works, that's great. I know some folks who keep a, a wide array of effect parts and accessories in a tackle box or four that they've had. So, hey, you know, I mean, if it works for you, then that's great. I mean, as long as it's something that... Um, something that won't damage anything and you know where you're going to find it. Just keep it organized. Cause I saw in a group that somebody found a flashlight and they're like, does this go to my Terminator? I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Look up pictures. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know when the T a hundred had, had a, had a flashlight, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, actually add on to that. Um, now I'm pretty sure Stephen, you have a few of the NECA predator figures correct had had i actually had at this time do not yes so i i can i kind of get an idea of what they're about so i think we have a general idea that these figures come with two to four interchangeable hands maybe different blades you can put on the gauntlet maybe alternate heads uh a mask, the plasma cast. There's a wide range of stuff NECA throws in with figures. And, uh, I do find it kind of... I know personally I have found a way to keep it organized specific places, but for a while it was pretty hard to determine where, how I was going to store the Elder Predator's hands against Assassin Predator. So, eventually, I did find a way, but a, I do find it kind of interesting, a little challenging on how many bits and you can get figure. And uh, I know some I've got are the size of a, I don't know, a, well, like the uh, SH Monster Arts uh, Super X, that has multiple small pieces that if you lose, you're probably not finding it ever again. Because it's so small, it probably never can find it. Yep, so, small parts are not fun to hunt for. No. Uh, I know I have a Fire Mothra on display. And, uh, it's a miniature. And uh, the antennas on the front, they uh, come in and out. And uh, there's, I believe, twice I've lost them. And then I have to be like 
three inches. My my face has to be three inches off the floor with a flashlight, and I have to look over every small bit of the carpet just to find the little antenna. Mm -hmm. So it's like I have to be very concentrated on what I need to look for exact color, exact design. So it's so real aggravating. Real quick on that, real if quick. you're if you've ever lost anything and it's small, it's in the carpet, whatever. I have used this three times to help out. Get your vacuum. Okay. I, I've thought about a vacuum. Th that now, reminds most... me. Um, I think last time, last recording, I uh, uh, my Godzilla SH Monsters uh, Godzilla's tongue came out. I had uh, oh. problems uh, looking for it. So this might help. So you you know how sometimes you could detach the tube from your vacuum and you can just like hold it in your hand. Well, if you get like um, a stocking or I've heard of people using a dryer sheet and you put it over the tip of the tube and you get like a rubber band and you hold it in place that will cause it to to suck in and then what you can do is around the area where you lost it if it gets it it'll suck it up to the stocking or whatever you have that's over the end and there you go you found it it won't actually go in the vacuum but it'll be right there at the tip so i've done that with my revel tech carnage's hand i lost um, I think it was one of the hands to my NECA Shin Godzilla, and then I lost the tip to my Garuda's uh, cannon, SH Monster Arts Garuda, the original release. And th those times, it, it helped. So it does work. That's interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely keep that in mind from now on. Whenever I lose a small piece, now um. You brought up NECA in losing the Shin Godzilla hand. Am I the only one that has noticed how some of NECA's figures do kind of... They're obsolete, or they're not obsolete. They're, uh... They're not... When they're made, they have a malfunction. I can't think of the word. Are you but, referring uh, to a quality control issue, or...? I, I guess so, yeah. Like how... Certain NECA figure joints don't fit, and they don't want to go in socket, or maybe it's broken in the box. Get it? Have you ever come across that problem? Have Have I ever come across with with a manufacturing problem with with a NECA figure? Yeah, specifically. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, many times, so, <laughs> including Godzilla. <laughs> so it is a quality control problem. That would you say it's that that NECA has with those figures? Yes, and I think it's because NECA is able to keep their prices down relatively low compared to their competitors in some regards. Because outside of the Godzilla verse, they actually. They do make some really good stuff at affordable prices. Like for an example, their uh, movie Ninja Turtles—they're fantastic, and they're like twenty bucks a pop. You can't beat it. You—you uh, you just can't. But anyway, one of the things that I've spoken with um, Ultrazilla about—we've had very in-depth conversations about this—is that it kind of seems like they're able to hit that price point because they circumvent 
that final quality control assessment. It may be because there are many figures that leave their factory with two left feet or maybe two right hands or maybe a broken joint out of the box or maybe paint scuffs or maybe, or maybe, or maybe. And a lot of folks say it's a vocal minority. I completely disagree, but yeah, NECA in the long and short of it, they really do need to assess quality control. I, I completely agree with that. And you brought up uh, two left uh, or two right hand, two left. Um, I, I went into a store the other day, and they know me, and uh, he actually had ordered in a Bandai, the Bandai 12-inch Godzilla figure, which now I guess are $45, which back in my day they were 20 or 25 so I was kind of surprised at that price tag. But uh, he had actually been sent one with two left hands, and uh, I kind of thought, and it's Bandai, so it's the figure's open, don't have to look around. It's clear as day whenever it's got a malfunction. And uh, whenever I saw that it had two left hands, I kind of thought, what, what's going on? Because, like I said, Bandai's usually pretty good with quality control, especially if they're older. But I do think it's interesting how you do get those figures every once in a while from other companies, other very a lot of them do come with stakes mm -hmm. um, uh, and Haxor, and that can that can happen yeah uh Haxor, have you come across a quality control problem well luckily most of my figures have been pretty good but on my uh shiryu the neck and the head are like like the the right side of the neck likes to come off along with the head. Now, um, since we're discussing quality control, um, I was wondering, Stephen, when you got your uh twenty nineteen Godzilla NECA, was it <laughs> messed up in the face like everybody else's? It is like. Mm hmm. Yep, it, it was. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I know we're trying to keep it as, as civil as possible. So I'm going to make a reference to um, something that you have to be older to access. But my review of that, and this also happened with Ultimate Burning Godzilla, the SH Monster Arts. I usually take three shots of the face, one from the left side, one from the right side, and one straight on. The shot that I took straight on was made a meme on a particular board on a particular website referencing a channel. I will let you figure it out. And it kind of blew up for about three threads in referencing NECA. It, there were edits with burgers and fries, and it was it was good to see that. And so, yeah, I definitely have had quality control issue with that release. Other ones that I went in store to see have had quality control issues with the face and the teeth. It's not great. I know uh, whenever I first got the NECA 62 Godzilla face, I want to say the right arm... Uh, was actually loose, and after I'd opened it, I tried multiple times to get the arm on, 
and I actually had to take it back because it wouldn't fit. And, uh, yeah. yeah. On that note, uh, the left foot on yeah. my 62 Godzilla uh, from NECA popped off. Someone said it's broken. I don't think it's broken, but I, it just won't fit back in place properly. I don't know. I I've I I know for uh, I do think it's interesting how uh, it's so easy to get joints and sockets off like an arm off of it ball joints that's fit into the arm and then when you try and put it back on it's like trying to uh, force a key in the wrong. Key. That's never fun. Yeah, and then I do, I know I'm personally freaked out about this, but a lot of Bandai figures do have that issue where, or specifically X-Plus, and then NECA does it, but the fact how you have to melt end of your tail for it to fit on the bottom of the figure. Um, Steven, what, what's your, uh, what have you dealt with when it comes to that? Well, in terms of fixing or not fixing joints or attaching parts, I've pretty much dealt with everything you can pretty much imagine. Like I have had figures come with shoulder joints that were basically cemented in place and the other shoulder joint was loose as can be. So I've had to figure out ways to assess that. Uh, tails popping off of figures, specifically the big NECA 2014. That one keeps wanting to fall off despite the fact that I have a video on how to use the blow dryer method. You know, it's just something that's going to happen. And people complain about it. It's valid, but it's just the fact of life that it's going to happen in, when you collect figures. I gotcha. Yeah, I... I... I know a guy who uh, he has a uh, shrink wrap machine, and what he does is puts uh, tail end in, and it's at 350. I believe he puts it in for about five seconds, and then usually okay. it fits on right after. But uh, oh wow! I know for my uh, NECA 62, the tail wouldn't. It's the last one they had, so I went to him and I said, okay. I know that there's a slight chance that this could absolutely ruin the, but it's not fitting. And so what we did is we actually put the tail in the shrink wrap machine for like seven seconds, and it actually was able to fit on after. And it was a miracle that it didn't warp the figure, but I was quite surprised that it worked and didn't ruin it. So that's another way, mm. but. Kind of, it's harder to find a shrink wrap machine. Yeah, that the, uh, it's, it's a lot of money too. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, so the hair dryer method is probably a better way to go that way. Um, Maybe a bit. <laughs> does anybody have any real like heavy factors of the topic that we kind of went off topic for? But uh, it's all good. We stayed on action figures and toys and stuff. Um, Steven, do you have anything you would like people to have in their mind whenever they think of 
figure whenever they buy it. Look at one. Do I have anything I want folks in mind when they're making a purchase to buy something in this realm? Is that pretty much what you're saying? Yes. Okay. What I would say is, first and foremost, if you can inspect it before you buy it, absolutely do it because you never know what might happen when you get home with it because I've seen folks buy a NECA alien in store and then they come home and they open it up and it's like, oh, it's missing a back spike. And it's like that back spike, if you would have literally looked at it before you bought it in store, you would have seen that it was missing. So do a double take. Second, always, even if I say buy now, skip or wait for a deal in my reviews, always wait for a deal unless you have to have it. Trust me, prices fluctuate. When you see a price that you're comfortable with, get it then. And then also, like I just said, if you have to have it, this is going to come from somebody who works at Bluefin Distribution for Tamashi Nations. Okay. If it's something that comes up for order, if it's something that you cannot live without, if it's something that you need, pre order it the minute it goes live for orders or be comfortable paying double, triple, quadruple after release. That's basically the only three things I have to, on that. And yes, that was very good point. Um, Haxor, do you have anything you would like people to know when they make a purchase or consider buying figures? Hmm. Um, what I do is if I'm getting something from eBay, I look to see what the person's rating is, and if it's uh, good, then I buy the figure. Yeah, to, to, I have another question, but uh, to add on to that, uh, I know personally when it comes to buying stuff, especially on eBay, I always check do they have multiple copies of it, is it at a good price, what are the ratings, you know, stuff like that, but... Steven, I imagine you've dealt with uh, eBay buyers for a long time. Uh, what do you, what kind of method purchase eBay? The methods that I use when I am making a purchase on eBay is going to be obviously checking out the feedback. But I also make sure that if I'm sort of concerned about what's going to be in the uh, pictures, or if I can't see something, I always make sure that I ask because people will say sold as is. And that's kind of the intention that they're not going to be doing any sort of returns or refunds. Right. right. Mm -hmm. So, so if somebody is selling something that's used, always get pictures of everything. So this way, if they're selling you, here's a good one. If somebody is selling you an Awakening Shin Godzilla Monster Arts and they say, they say, oh yeah, everything's included. But when you get it and it's missing the little tips for the Tamashi support arms that are made specifically for Shin's beams and they're not there or there's a different one from another set and they're not there, you're, you're, you're kind of done. So make sure you get pictures of everything or confirmation from the seller for everything. Never assume. Yes, I. That's great note because I'm gonna. Here's a quick little personal story. So, uh, I was purchasing a hype. 
for a uh, Mecha King Ghidorah. It was the Trend Masters. It was the one, the Power Up. Is that what it was called? The one where it had the attachable cannons to the neck and all that. The arms sh shot out. The weird things. Do you know what I'm talking about, Stephen? Yeah, I do. I'm not very familiar with Trend Masters aside from the fact that um, they kind of existed. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, uh, I purchased uh, their mech, a guy's Mecha King Ghidorah. He said it was complete, had pictures of everything except for the one thing, which was detachable Mecha King Ghidorah's heads back. And uh, when I got the figure, I had noticed that back was actually missing. So we contacted the seller and said, no, everything's there. And uh, we were out the $25 that was. There, that was a great point you brought up on how to make sure you have pictures of everything. It's all. But, um, oh, and I just had a quick question to uh, Stephen about your thoughts on Imperial which, if you don't know what those are, they were knockoff looking like Godzilla, but not being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As for the Imperials, I actually did a review on the big Godzilla and the little Godzilla. Um, I believe it was right during G-Fest last year I set the videos live. Um, I love them because they have a very very fitting a very toyish quality to them and i think that is something that all kids need for their i don't know beginnings of any sort of collection and at the same time we kind of need those in the marketplace just not even just at the marketplace but we just need them available just so this way we can go yep i had fond memories of that yeah um now i know i personally do but steven if you don't mind me asking you own the Shogun Warriors Godzilla? Do I own it? No. Have I had the chance to buy it before? Even complete? Yeah, a couple times. But I just... Now, would you agree that that's... A... Would I agree? Is it a toy or an action figure? Hmm. Let's... Go back to something that I said at the start real quick and look at generations. Does it have action features? And is it in some way a resembling of Godzilla? Yes to both. And yes. It's, a, it's an action figure. But by today's standards, is it more of a toy? Well, yes. So it is a toy. But for the time that it was released, yeah, pretty much fully meets the needs of an action figure. I think that's a good note to end it on. Um, well, uh, of course, uh, you're, wherever you're listening to this, uh, if you're listening to it on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and ring the bell so you can be notified anytime we upload an episode. If you're listening to us on iTunes, uh, leave a review. That always helps our rating. Um, can always tweet us at Kaiju Converse, K A I J U underscore C O N V E R S. Um, or if you don't have a social media, you can send us an email, kaijuconversation at gmail.com, all lowercase letters. Um, 
think that's it for uh, linking us. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, and of course, uh, if you have Discord, join our Discord server. It should be linked down below, and if it is not, you can find it on any sort of platform. Um, now, Steven, since you are special, you are our special guest today, where can we find you at? So you basically would be able to pretty much find me on all of the major social media platforms. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. I do have a Discord as well, which everything is linked everywhere. So if you find me on one, you can pretty much find me elsewhere. But mainly you're going to be finding me on YouTube where I will be doing reviews as often as I possibly can. And I'll be found under uh, either Steven's Toy Review or Steven Toy Review because character limits and you have to make some sort of grammatical sense. Mm -hmm. uh, and please check him out. He is a plethora of information when it comes to all things toys. Now, um, of course, I'm your host, E13 Production. You can find me on YouTube as E13 And uh, Haxor, where can we find you at? Uh, you can find me at the, uh, YouTube channel of Haxorzilla. Awesome. Um, does anybody have any final thoughts on toys, action figures, uh, generally anything we've talked about? I love them. The only thing that I can say is do not be afraid to buy whatever you want and take it to the cashier at Walmart, because when they give you that oddball look... Who cares? Because you know what? They're not going to probably remember you tomorrow. So do what you got to do and be happy with yourself. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, what's uh, It's funny you brought that up because whenever I bought the Jack Specific figures, I got them all at once. So I was walking through Walmart with, because I didn't get a cart with my hands full of Godzilla figures. And uh, I swear everybody walking past me was staring at me. And I was just laughing so hard that uh, when I got up to the register, the uh, register, uh, the cashier looked at me, a funny face, and I'm like, "Hey, man, this is my hobby. I'm gonna buy them." Yeah. And uh, I, I just walked out, and I kind of was, I had some pride because I'm like, I just bought the entire line of Jack specific figures one go, and now I can display them on my shelves with as much honor as I can have. Yep, I have a similar uh, story for the Rampage stuff where uh, it wasn't necessarily carrying all in my arms, but yeah, there may have been some running, may have been, you know, only one of each in stock, and, yeah, you know, um, the stretch figures make noise. So I'll leave the rest <laughs> up to your imagination. Uh, yeah, um... Well, uh, I think a good note to end on is that uh, no matter how old you are, you're never too old to collect what you And I feel like some people kind of lose sight of that in their teenage years that, oh, those are toys. I don't need uh, I personally, I know somebody that uh, got a figure from someone and... Uh, the reason they got the figure was they bought it for their son, and uh, their son said, why would I want a plastic toy? That's ridiculous. Childish. Horse. It's so cool, because it was the 40-inch uh, uh, Jack Specific. And uh, I just 
I would like people to know that no matter how old you are, no matter where you live, what your race is, anything, buy what you want to buy. It's your hobby. It's what you like. Don't let other people tell you otherwise. I completely agree with that because I had the chance to pre-order the Hasbro Cloverfield monster figure way back at release for, what was it, about 125 bucks? And, nah, what are you going to need that for? You don't really need that. You don't have to have this. This isn't something that you need. And at that time, the only thing I was focused on was playing guitar. I wasn't really into this hobby. So I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. And here I am looking at several five to $750 listings on eBay thinking I should have just gone ahead and done that. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, well, this has been your Kaiju Conversation for the week. Uh, thank you, Stephen, for joining us. And as always, we talk big every All right, thank you all so much for having me on, and I hope to catch you all in the next podcast. <laughs>